Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast show. My name is Lindsay Phillips, and I'm your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. And uh, if, if you know me or don't know me, you know that I love sharing business building strategies and just helping other entrepreneurs be more productive and boost your profits and grow your business. And in growing your business, such a huge part of that is having a killer team behind you. I mean, you cannot grow your business without having a team and without that support. And that relationship that you have with your team and your own leadership skills are so crucial. So I am so excited today to have um, Emily Shoup. She is the full throttle leadership coach and team culture creator and founder of Shoup Training and Consulting. She recently joined Dale Carnegie as a business development consultant and trainer, and she's a proud member of the Forbes Coaches Council, regularly contributing to Forbes.com. So she was really tired of hearing how many people dreaded going to work because the people they had to deal with, I'm sure we have all been there. (laughs) Um, And Emily decided it was time to really change that and help create happy workplaces. Uh, What a concept, right? (laughs) She believes that everyone has an innate desire to do well, and somehow people kind of lose track of that along the way. And it's this belief that drives her to reach out and impact others with her people-focused, full-throttle leadership. Thank you so much, Emily, for, for joining me. Thanks for having me. I know, and it's, um, we were kind of talking offline earlier, and it's like, you know, a lot of people think that team culture or the relationships that you have with your team, that it's kind of like, an extra or a bonus or a nice to have versus it being really important. Um, so how, how does it, how does it give us that competitive edge or how, can you explain why it's important? Yeah. So it's always interesting when I meet somebody and they tell me how toxic their environment is and how it's draining on everybody and especially the the business owner. Um, and then when it comes down to it, they say, well, we'll work on that maybe next year. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you have a culture every day, regardless if you're working on it or not. So you might as well work on it and have it be, you know, what you want it to be. Totally. Uh, but I was talking with somebody earlier today and it's interesting right now. So many people are focused on how can I improve customer service in my organization? Yeah. And really the customer service starts with the great work culture. So if everybody um, feels valued and understands where they fit in the organization and feels really good about working uh, in that business, the customer service piece just comes naturally. It's just an extension of it. And really in today's day and age with all how we're all connected, uh, you cannot skimp on customer service. Uh So Without that great culture, you're not going to have that great customer service and you're not, so there goes your business. Absolutely. And it's like, to me, really, if, if my boss was, you know, treating me like crap and everyone around here was like miserable, 
I mean, you're just going to want to pass that on to the next person that you talk to on the phone because it'll just naturally come out of you that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And or it's going to hurt your sales in that you're not going to try to convince somebody to buy whatever service or product right. it is because you're not going to believe in it anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't think of it from that angle. Um, so what is the biggest problem then that business owners or companies have with their team? Like, where's the break? Well, so it, it's the, the trap that just happens again and again where people, um, they're really good at something, at, at whatever skill it is, um, and they get promoted and get promoted or they launch their own business and then they have people to deal with and they're just not quite sure how to do it. And I think a lot of times people focus on being too uh, professional, really, and trying to be too uh, businessy with everybody instead of treating everybody like people and thinking right. about how people want to be treated and interacted with and taken care of. That's true. And it's like you were saying how people have that innate um, feeling like they just want to do well. They want to please people. They want to be, well, and the big thing too, I think, is they want to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. So what are some of the mistakes that business owners do? So it's, you know, treating people like they're a commodity or, or that they can be replaced uh, easily. You know, that's one of the things that I hear, you know, well, if they don't like it, they can get a job somewhere else. Right. Um, you know, having that kind of dictator mentality, you know, I'm the boss, therefore you have to do it my way. Um, which you can totally have people do it your way if there's just different ways to get there. Um, and just not really uh, thinking about how somebody would want to be talked to. And right. if, you, if you start making those changes alone and just put yourself in that other person's shoes, then you'll have a lot less um, people problems in your organization. So uh, what do they say? That you can attract more with honey than... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, some people are considered, you know, natural born leaders. They just have it in them and they rock it out. And some people, not so much. Do you think it's like nature or nurture? Or like, is it something that someone can be taught? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it can be taught. And I think that um, it's just one of those skills that people forget to take time to, to do. And, right. you know, you just, or they take it for granted that it comes easy for everybody. But, um, you know, I've seen a lot of introverts um, be kind of skipped over because they're not the, like the loud outgoing, um, drawing all the attention to them, but they can be better leaders sometimes than the outgoing personality. Um, it's just a matter of helping people understand how to interact. And there's just so many different ways that we can make sure that we're interacting and including and adjust our wording. There's so many things that we don't realize are offensive or not offensive. Totally. And so if you can just learn all of, you know, all those pieces and put it together, you can definitely uh, become a leader. And if you think about it, like that's what we do with kids, right? They go to kindergarten and <laughs> we start teaching them how to play nicely together. It's the same thing just out in the work world. That's true. So are you saying that communication is, is the biggest change that we need to create? Yeah, I would say the number one complaint in every organization that I go into is um, a lack of communication. And that's always fascinating because there's some organizations or teams from the outside. You think, man, they must, you know, 
communicate everything and do so well. But when you start digging, it's there's mm. always somebody somebody's looking for something more or they need it in a different way. And if you could be a little bit more um, like CSI, like trying to <laughs> dissect it a little bit. Okay, how does this person want to understand, you know, need to get this information or how does that person like to hear stuff? And you just start to put all the pieces together it, for people and that's where your great leadership comes from. Now, is it, would you treat online teams differently? Like, are, are there different dynamics there than let's say, you know, a small business or a big corporation where there's more people that are actually in a building together? Yeah, so not having that face-to-face -face interaction mm -hmm. is really hard. And I've seen it in bigger companies where they just have multiple buildings and that poses a different problem. Um, and so, you definitely, you have to make an extra effort to be connected to the people that you work with. You know, people want to feel valued and know that somebody cares whether or not they show up and, and about them as, as an individual. And so when you have a virtual team, you have to take it, you have to go even more so. So I would, I always lay it, it's like you lay it on thick, right? Where yeah. it seems like it's way too much and I would err on the side of way too much, um, trying to be connected and and it's not micromanaging it's you know it's checking in and it's the day-to-day -day stuff the how are you doing anything new with the kids how's your you know grandma doing all those kind of yeah you know, that you would get if you were in the office with people but you just have to make that extra effort and it it doesn't take a long time it, you yeah. just have to remember to do it true and I think the more you make note of it um, I, and even I honestly I, I catch myself sometimes because you're in a rush and quick short email and I'm like oh no like I need to take my time with it and like fluff it up so to speak. Yeah absolutely. Like, yeah, yep. They don't sound so you know hey here's this do this now and you know I'm just being quick I'm not being rude but and and yeah and and I like what you said like you know asking them about their their personal life and showing interest in them as a person versus just showing interest in them as you know your team member. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's one thing to say, you know, do you need any help from me? Is there anything else I can do for you? That's good and definitely important, but don't forget all the little things like, hey, it's nice out. Did you go outside today? You yeah. know, all those kind of things. Because you don't have a water cooler when you're working online. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, um, and, and especially not having that, um, I know some people will get on and do video calls, but even those feel a little weird, you know, because Thank you're, you. um, so you're missing out on all those nonverbal cues that, that really, really make a difference. I know. And I've had a couple of team meetings and we've, um, we've done it like just audio and then we did it last on Skype so we, or Zoom so we could all see each other. Cause I'm just like, it's good to know what, what each other looks like and their mannerisms and, and, but they were all like, and I'm used to being online and stuff, but they're all like, like with a deer with a headline. <laughs> I'm like, guys, like drop your shoulders, man. It's just me. Like, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> well, and it's funny. It's, it's funny. Yeah. It, it gets really hard too, because you know, there's a lot of times here where like I'm moving my hands or I'm nodding and you don't see all that. You could kind of hear in people's voices, yeah. but if you saw, if you know, the video makes a big difference. So at least being able to see when somebody's confused or wants to jump in and say something, then you can um, help kind of even it out. 
Yeah, totally. But yeah, and I'd even ask for their input and it's like they're shy. I'm like, I ask for their input all the time. I'm like, I, I'm not a big meanie. You just give me, <laughs> give me some ideas. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, they're just, yeah. I don't know if it was because of the video or what, because then they'd email me stuff later. <laughs> right. Exactly. So um, so it's one easy trick for that is to have people like take a second and write stuff down, you know, like, okay, write down your ideas on this and everybody takes, you know, 30. Oh, right, right. And then when you're asking for it, then they've at least had a time to process and they'll have something. That's and true. It, it does make a difference. And, you know, if you put yourself in their shoes, how many times are you like, well, yeah, two minutes later, I had all the questions in the world. <laughs> so true. Um, and I'm, you know, from, and I think too, you know, thinking about the different personalities, right. Where I, you know, am opinionated. So I'll voice my opinion. And if you don't like the idea, that's cool. No offense. Mm -hmm. Um, so some people aren't necessarily, you know, a good in a group atmosphere or yeah, they need more time to process or they just different personalities. Yeah, so the more you can kind of mix those interactions up, where sometimes it's volunteer, sometimes it's I'm going to go around the room, sometimes it's let's everybody have a chance to think, you know, or, you know, maybe there's a couple things that you ask them to think about before they get on the call. Right. Um, then you're, then you're, you're figuring out where people are at and where you can honor their communication styles. And ultimately, you're going to get what you needed out of that conversation. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know, to me, it's like, I just want everyone to feel comfortable with each other and relying on each other as a team. Because honestly, like when you are working, you know, online or in your home or whatever it may be, it can feel sort of a disconnect mm -hmm. from the group that you're working with, or you feel more alone. Are, are there things that you can help to change that when you're an online team? I would definitely recommend. So if you're in an office, you you have regular ways that you end up interacting with people. Mm. And so when you're virtual, um, I, ha I had to do this. I have a, a group of people that I work with. Um, we just have to set up a time that we agree that we're just going to get on the phone and talk about whatever is most important to us at that time, you know, whether it be a question or, or something like that, because you're missing the, um, like if I walk past your desk, I could tell, I can gauge how busy you are and decide whether or not I'm going to ask you a question. Um, if you're at home and I pick up the phone to call you, that feels so intrusive. Yeah. And you're going to feel obligated. Enough, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and you're going to feel obligated to answer. And it's one, you know, it's not a question that's so big that, you know, I don't really need to know right now, but I, you know, so I like to set up those, um, kind of windows of opportunity okay. to, to connect. Um, and then you can try different things too, where uh, we have like a Facebook group where, you know, we can kind of post stuff that's going on and, and that way you can kind of share some, Oh, well we did this fun thing, you know, over the weekend, or I was reading this book and that's of interest, those kind of things. Um, so just finding different ways to yeah. mix it up. Well, I like that. And yeah, I've never thought of a Facebook group or, um, or even I think in Teamworks, there's like a little chat section um, mm -hmm. just for like group communication. Now, tell me about your Shoop Shift 
it sounds strange, but what is it? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kind of like a dance stop. That's right. And you have to be careful not to say it too fast. <laughs> yeah, <that> too. <laughs> um, so as I was working with different teams and, and leaders, it just seemed like there's a common set of um, areas where we ended up diving in and, and figuring out how, how to improve the team based on that. So there's, um, there's six different areas from clarity and communication and conflict, all those different areas of leadership and people skills where it just gave us a place to start and hone in for organizations. And so if you had a team where you're, in, you're wondering, you know, what's going on, it just feels so toxic. Well, we might dive in and look at the culture and see right. how that's coming together and if it's what you really wanted it to be. Um, if there's a huge trust, trust issue, we would dive into the connection and see how, you know, what are we doing to team build? How are we connected? What are we adding to make sure that we're, um, all working well together and feel like we're a part of something bigger? Perfect. And can you go through those six gears with us? Yeah, it's, um, clarity, connection, communication, coaching, conflict, and culture. Gotcha. And what would clear like to for the leader to be clear on what the issue is or like how does how is that framed? So for clarity, it would be, you know, this is um, what we stand for. So mission and vision mm -hmm. um, and then taking it a little bit deeper, like where are we headed? Um, right. There's a lot of times where if you have the mission and vision or you know what the organization does you know like okay this is what we produce um but where does this team fit in so if you're a smaller subset of something bigger you know what is it that we are actually trying to accomplish right. and that's one of those where it seems like it should be very logical but um without really taking the time to think about that uh a lot of times the, the leader's like i don't know why my team's not listening i'm like well nobody knows where you're going right and so it's just figuring that out and they're like oh yeah well i don't know where i'm going we're just trying to work and make money and like well that's that's not enough you know, to follow to somebody <laughs> yeah yeah that's a really good point and it's like yeah if you don't know where you're going how do you expect the team to follow mm -hmm, exactly and that could be down to all right, I'm going into this meeting. Am I clear about what the point of this meeting is, right. where where we're headed in that discussion so that everybody leaves feeling like, well, that was a good use of my time. Right. So not just looking at that as a big, broad picture, but also on a daily basis. Yep. Nice. I wouldn't have thought of that way. But yeah, that makes a good point. Yeah. Um, now, what are some good communication skills that we as a leader should have? Or, or I don't know if it's easier to frame it as to what communication skills are lacking and how to improve it. But Well, really, um, really taking the time to listen. And I know that it seems like this one gets said over and over and over again. But yeah. ironically, I feel like we're not listening. <laughs> um, there, It is especially when you're in a leadership position, there's this huge um, burden to feel like you have to have the answers and know what to say next and, you know, have everything this, you know, come out eloquent and, right. um, and like, wow, she just really blew us away with whatever that, you know, her thought was. And, and so in that, 
you're, you're trying to think of where is this person headed with what they're saying and you're trying to analyze it and you're trying to come up with responses and instead of just really listening to the person that's talking. Right. And, um, and so that's something I personally have been trying to focus on even more so lately because I know it's a trap that, that people fall into, just really listening. And if you're, if the other person feels heard, a lot of times they can solve their own problems. They can kind of talk themselves through it. Right, right. Um, other times there's a, a conflict and all they needed was to be heard or they, you know, they just thought nobody was listening to them. And so that resolves the conflict. Um, it increases the trust in your team if, mm. if people feel like they can bring stuff up and, and just be listened to. And, um, and then you can really just find out a lot of what you need to know if you just slow down and listen to everybody instead of trying to um, make decisions with limited information. That's true. And it's, I know I fall into the trap sometimes where like, we're just so inundated and so busy, especially as a business owner that, you know, to sit and you have to force yourself to listen because of course, you know, 50 jobs and 50 projects are flying around in your head. Oh yeah. And exactly. like your to-do list of later and tomorrow and, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it doesn't come easy. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get a lot of pushback on that. Um, where it's like, well, yeah, that's all well and good, but how on earth am I supposed to slow down? And really, you yeah. know, I, you know, I had one leader who, um, I mean, she was like arguing that she could multitask and by golly, she was going to multitask and, and have, you know, important conversations with members from her team. And like, you just, you can't, you, you no. can, you can, you can switch back and forth, but you can't do both. No, I totally agree. And it's, uh, but I think too, it's like knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I know I sometimes suck at that. So I really have to be conscious of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is I admit you know, it. I suck at it, so. <laughs> I may have some uh, comments on my Facebook post on uh, <laughs> podcast when it goes live. <laughs> um, now, Mike, I know you hear the word micromanaging all the time. And it's, it, it, I mean, some people are control freaks and yes, I'm type A, but it's, it, you know, how do you, I guess, where's the line drawn on checking in or micromanaging? So if you take a step back, micromanaging is, is a trust issue. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you go back to where we all, we got to this position by being good at doing something. And then now that we have to lead on it, we have to let go of that something, which is really scary. Yes. Um, and so just for one, just recognize that it's scary to let go of it. But then it's a matter of if you can trust the other person to do it. So yeah. I like to have people start with baby steps. Usually it's like, well, somebody said I should delegate. And so it's all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> instead of saying to me, <laughs> yeah, instead of saying, well, here's, you know, here's the, the keys to the car. Why don't you drive to the grocery store and come back and, and we'll see how that goes before you take a cross country trip. Exactly. And so, um, it, so, but there is, I would still err on the side of trying to make sure that that person understands the expectations and really you can get away from the micromanaging trap if you are doing less of the talking. So, if I'm checking in with you and say, and getting you to tell me what your next step is on the project, 
or um, or saying, okay, this is how I've mapped it out. I'm going to do A, B, and C today, and then tomorrow I'm going to do this and this. If I'm telling you all those things versus you know right. you dictating it, um, that to me is the difference. And that's and that's where that trust piece comes in, or that's where you can boost the trust. So if I tell you, well, I'm going to do these three things, and you're like, oh, that's not even remotely where I thought you should be on this project right now, then you can course correct and get me working on the, the things that you want me to be working right. on. But if you just came in and said, do these three things and I didn't have to think about it, then you're never going to trust me to, to do it. No, that's a good point. And, and I know um, setting expectations is crucial. Um, are there any tips on, on how to set those expectations to set you know, your team up for success? Yes, I would go through and I would really just take a few minutes to write down what you think the expectations are. That that might sound like really silly, but people usually just skip over that because they've been doing it, so they don't even take the time to write anything down. Um, but then looking at, you know, time constraints yeah. is super important, any sort of cost. Um, and then going through the priorities um, a lot of times we ask people to do something and we forget about the other things that they also have to get done. Totally. <laughs> so looking at priorities and, um, figuring out, well, in, in the scheme of things, I think that this is, you know, how much of a priority it should be. Mm. Um, and from a time aspect, normally we look at, okay, it's due on Friday or, um, you know, the client needs it by this time, but also thinking, okay, well, I think, of the work that you're doing, this should probably, you know, take up about 10% of each day or, you know, an hour a day until Friday or drop everything. And this is the only thing you're going to work on between yeah. now and Friday. So being really clear about what the priorities are and the expected timeframes for each project type thing. Yeah. And then, then you can get the other person um, talking you through how they think they can get that done. Yeah. Um, because that, that makes that makes a big difference. And that was something that I, I made that mistake a lot in the beginning, you know, when I was a leader and I'm sure I still do, you know, where I think, Oh, well, of course they know that that's only going to be an hour and you turn around and somebody spent 10 hours on something you yeah. totally didn't think was worth it. I've had that happen before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and same with too, like for me anyways, I find having set procedures and processes um, really helps, you know, it, it's a crap load of work up front, but it helps in the long run. Oh, for sure. And making sure that people know like what the resources are. So yeah. where is that document documented or, you know, can they pick up the phone and call you or should they, you know, text you if they get stuck or, you know, what are those boundaries? Right. Because so many times I've seen it where the person's like, well, I didn't know, I didn't know to stop and ask you. So I just kept going. Yeah, <laughs> no. No, yeah, exactly. I was here. I promise I would have been nice about it. I know. My people always Skype message me, do you have five minutes or do you have, you know, time later at two? Because they know I'm just either my head's in a project or I'm just about to be on a call. So it's, we've got like a rhythm. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. So that works. Now, what happens when conflict, because it does, you know, when conflict does come up between yourself and a team member? Um, I mean, some people, you know, are like, oh, it doesn't work. So, you know, they need to leave or 
the individual might be like, oh my God, this is so not working out. You know, I want to leave. I mean, there is a way to resolve it, I'm sure. Well, it, so it depends. You know, sometimes you will, you'll get some just, it's a bad fit or not the right, right fit. Um, and that, that, that happens. So those, you know, you got to walk away from yeah. sooner rather than later. Totally. But other times what I see is it's really a difference in opinion on what's best for the client or what's best for the company. Um, and so if you can take a step back and see that, um, and I've seen this time and time again, it's, well, I think we should be doing this for the client. And well, I think it should be this other thing. And both things are equally, you know, doable. It's hmm. just, which one, which way are we going to go? Or why is it, you know, why are we leaning more one way or the other and helping that person or yourself understand the differences in which way you're going to go. Um, and just recognizing that there's more than one way to get there. That's true. That's right. Are there, and speaking of, you know, wanting to leave somewhere, what are the main reasons why people quit? Um, it, this day and age, and there are a lot of studies that um, will back this up, it's really that direct interaction with the people that you work with. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, you've got to have that good connection. Um, because, you know, work is, there's going to be times where the work is just not what you want it to be. I mean, every job has its oh, um, yeah. tests that are just like, well, this isn't exciting. You know, like for me, it's whenever I have to do something in a spreadsheet, like I can do it, but it doesn't light me up, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but, um, but then, but it's the connections that you have that keep you moving forward. Um, and so making sure that, uh, that you have that in and that somebody cares about you that you work with. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, it's funny cause you know, naturally people think of oh, people quit because a, their boss is a tyrant or they're not making enough money. Like those two things kind of come into your mind right off the cuff. Yeah. And I will tell you, if you are in a position where you can just throw more money at somebody, um, more often than not, that is just a bandaid. You're, yeah. if you're trying to get that person to stay and you're like, well, here's the, you know, an extra, whatever. Um, usually that will sway somebody for a short amount of time. Yeah. But then um, they'll still leave. You're better off working on the relationship um, and making sure it's a good fit and it's the right type of work um, for that that personality. Um, that you're so much better off that way. I had one client where they they were just trying to give people raises to make it better when all you know it, all it really took was interacting with the team in a different way and yeah. forming a tighter bond. Yeah, or showing appreciation or whatever it may be. Yeah, it's uh, just, I guess, thinking about what motivates them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes card hold, exactly. hard, cold cash is not it. <laughs> so, All right. Well, and, and most of the time it's just, it's temporary. Like it, it'll yeah. only make you feel good for a little while. And then something else will come along where I'd rather be happy than have a bunch more money. I know it's the day-to-day -day enjoyment, right? I mean, you're not going to love every day. There are some days where I, I want to pull my hair out or climb back into bed, but <laughs> for the most part, it's like, I love what I do. I love people that I work with, you know, and, and that's what it's all about to me. Yes. Yep. So speaking of that, what is, I mean, people talk about team culture, you know, all the time. Um, but I think sometimes people don't really have a clear idea of what it is or what it means. 
You know, it's funny when I started about six years ago, um, you would say culture and people were like, what are you talking about? Like, I know. Mean, like having good, you know, artwork. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but, and now it's like such a buzzword that it's almost gone the other way where people don't know because it's overused. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's that vibe. It's that how we roll. This is how we handle situations. This is how we handle our clients. This is how we are with each other. Um, and, and this is what it feels like to, to be in our, um, in our walls or on our team. And it's a vibe that you can kind of, you can describe. Right. So I, cause I know people used to say like team morale, like that word was used years ago. So has it kind of morale has kind of rolled into culture? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, in the, it, I think it's expanded a little bit more where you do get that customer service piece. The it's how people from the outside see it as well. Right. Um, so you can have, you know, you, there's different restaurants that you go to, right? And they have a different vibe with the yeah. way the, the, the staff interacts with you and the way they interact with each other. And every business has that. And you want your financial institutions to have a certain vibe. You want, you know. <laughs> yeah. All, all that. Certain, I guess a certain energy kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, you have given us some great information and I know um, I've grabbed a few nuggets to take back um, or and a few great reminders too. I mean, you know, we all are not perfect leaders and need to be reminded of, uh, you know, how to foster that team culture a little bit more. That's for sure. Yeah. You're never done. That's the no. thing. It's always evolving. Your team always evolves. You evolve. Yes. But you're never done. No, but I think if we think about it more and take action on it more, I think it'll just make everything better, I think. Absolutely. Now, how can people um, find you, Emily? Uh, the best thing to do would be to head on over to my website, which is shooptc, as in trainingandconsulting.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again for, for coming on my show and sharing all your amazing expertise and insight on leadership and growing great teams. Well, thank you so much for having me. You betcha. So that is it today, folks, for the Sailing to Success podcast show. You'll, of course, find this episode and others along with my videos and my podcasts, uh, sorry, blogs on lindsayphillips.com. And if you do need help um, growing your business uh, with content marketing, um, check out ssonlinesupport.com. So until next time, folks, I wish you all a productive and profitable week. And may the winds always be at your back. You've been listening to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.